1: Relentless,
0: refusing to give up. All right, hit that horn, babe. Let's dance. And welcome to the Fantasy Flex Podcast, presented by Prize Picks. I am your host, Chris Raybon, and it's Week One. I'm joined by my guy Sean Kerner, and we're here to break down every matchup for fantasy football DFS uh, and prop betting purposes. Sean, what's going on, man?
1: We made it, buddy. It's Week One. I am. I am so pumped. Preseason was good to me. I I love me some preseason, but I'm ready for these meaningful games um, and getting to see, you know, all these players in action. I'm just so pumped.
0: Yeah. Preseason was cool. Aside from that one time I bet on the Falcons and they played no players, but it it was it was pretty it was pretty good. Um, And yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I think the opener, which is Tampa Bay and Dallas, is going to be a very interesting football game for a number of reasons. Number one, you get to see the champs again, as usual, to open the season. Uh, But number two, you get to see Dallas in there, what should be a high-flying offense with Dak Prescott. So uh, that's actually the first matchup we're going to talk about, uh, Sean. So I want to jump right into this one. And the way we're going to do this is this year, uh, instead of going position by position, we're going to try to get even more thorough. So we're going to go matchup by matchup. Uh, We are recording this on Tuesday, so we have our projections. They're initial projections, but we have our projections out. You can go to ActionNetwork.com to check those out. But uh, we're going to introduce each game with a key prop. So you used to throw out four props. Now we're going to have a prop for every game uh, because – and we're going to kind of use that to introduce uh, a a key player, a key matchup, and kind of go from there uh, throughout, you know, the the guys we're kind of targeting or fading, just the key players from each matchup. In fantasy and Sean, I think for Tampa Bay Dallas, the one that stands out to me is Ezekiel Elliott over under 58 and a half rushing yards. That is the line on prize picks going against this tough Tampa Bay run defense.
1: Yeah, I this line looks low, but I still like the under Um, and around this time last week, they had 71 and a half rushing yards. So, you know, I took it when it was that high, but I still like the under here. You already mentioned it. This is a tough matchup. Um, you know, Tampa Bay was first in DVOA against the run last year. They brought back every single starter from their Super Bowl team. Um, so, you know, Tampa Bay is going to be a tough matchup for all running backs. But, you know, this week's going to be even tougher for Zeke. Uh, Zach Martin's going to be out uh, due to COVID. Uh, Leo Collins is banged up. He's expected to play, but he might, he might not be 100%. Um, you know, Dallas is a little bit over a touchdown underdog. So this might not be a run-heavy game script. You know all signs point to the under here, and then you know, in season long fantasy, I have Zeke ranked uh RB 17 right now, so this is just the
0: week to fade Zeke. I, I'm going under here, yeah. I have it uh right at 60, so it's I'm not too different from the prop. Um, I wouldn't go over on this one if I'm betting it uh, just because I think the floor is lower here. Uh, you could get in some bad negative game script, and we saw what Tampa Bay does to teams with banged up offensive lines. It was literally the last thing we saw in NFL football that counts was Tampa Bay just messing up the plans of a otherwise explosive offense, uh, but with some offensive line issues in that Super Bowl. So, uh, yeah, Zeke, yeah, he's right at the fringe of the RB1, RB2 tier for me. Uh, I don't think you can afford to to bench him if you drafted him as your RB1 or anything like that, but uh, not – Really uh, loving him in one-game slates, not really uh, loving him in anything you know other than just okay. I draft him as my first running back, and uh, you know I got to play him. Uh, what's what about a DFS cheat code, Sean? Somebody in this game that you are looking to play, somebody that might be a little bit overlooked, undervalued.
1: Yeah, I think the cheat code for this game is Michael Gallup, um, and you know this is a game where there's just so many good wide receivers. You have four legit wide receiver one slash wide wide receiver twos in this game. And, you know, I think Antonio Brown is an interesting play as well. He's, you know, Tampa Bay's number three wide receiver, but I think Gallup, I've, I've been bullish on him heading into this season last year. He was sort of the forgotten guy because, you know, he ran more of those low percentage deep routes and he should continue to do that this year, but they have been moving around the formation. He's been lining up in the slot a lot more. So I think it's going to help raise his floor. He's going to be more consistent. And, you know, the gap between he and Cooper and Lamb might not be as big as people think. Um, so, you know, I want to invest in Gallup early on, just in case, you know, he just breaks out this season. I believe it's a contract season for him, so he's going to be giving max effort. So I think this first game, especially, we have so much wide receiver talent, he's going to be
0: overlooked. So I'm going to be uh, team jamming him in. Yeah, Gallup, you've been high on Gallup all offseason. Uh, I like that one. Um, I think for me, it's still Antonio Brown though. Uh, I like him. I think, you know, he's been, he got like a maintenance day or something. He popped up on the injury report with a knee, even though he was a full participant. So that may, you know how that goes in in DFS kind of scares people away sometimes if, especially if he doesn't get removed from the report. But uh, my one, my, my reasoning for going Brown over Gallup is because you mentioned the offensive line. If Dak doesn't get time, I think that hurts Gallup the most because I do think, even though he's going to be in the slot more, uh, I still think he also the guy that tends to go deepest downfield. So, um, you know, that, that does kind of worry me a little bit as the, as a Cowboys number, you know, the third target in that game. So uh, I'll go AB. Uh, he's a little bit cheaper than Gallup on um, one game slate. So uh, that's my guy. Uh, I think AB, you know, coming into this new season, uh, it, we might see a different AB. You know, last year it was kind of comes through halfway through the season, integrating him in, and he still led the team in catches per game from that point on. So, um, curious to see how AB plays. And, and I think you know, prime time. I think this is just. Yeah. I think AB is going to like this. You know, like I, I think he's going to enjoy this. This. I uh, love it,
1: and um, you know, his playing time can only go up because last year he was still limited. You know, he was running about sixty-five to seventy percent. Uh, the routes run per drop back. Where, where do you have his routes run this year? I believe,
0: you- yeah. I have it like, I still have it at like 70 in the, like in the low seventies, I think. So I'm still treating him as a true like third receiver. Um, but yeah, I think Scotty Miller and Tyron Johnson are, you know, those two guys aren't going to see much playing time. And I think Cameron Bray also will be another guy. You know, he was barely playing when Gronk and Howard were healthy. So those, those guys are going to take a, a back seat in my opinion, but uh, I heard, you know, an interesting report out of camp. I mean, this is going in the weeds, but, you know, Scotty Miller not as good of a blocker uh, as Tyler Johnson. And so, you know, there was some question is, is he going to be active uh, on game days? Because you could go with Johnson, um, you know, as like better, as a better run blocker for that number four receiver. So that's, that's, that's something I'm I'm kind of watching too. Yeah. They're
1: pretty loaded behind the top three receivers. I mean, even like Jalen Darden, <laughs> has potential long-term so it's like uh, it's it's amazing they haven't traded any of these guys away but you know how do you have these guys keep rotating in over antonio brown i think antonio brown's ceiling this year is massive uh we we know he has a high floor but i think you know he has a massive massive ceiling still so i love that call as well
0: yeah and the only the one thing to play devil's advocate i hope doesn't happen but you know tony romo i think had this really good explanation of the bucks offense last year in comparison to years past with, with brady and in New England and he said you know Brady's used to having you know four guys underneath and one guy go deep and with the Bucs four guys go deep and he has one outlet option underneath and now that you have Gio Bernard you know maybe you have two because Brown was kind of that outlet guy for for a lot of the the year last year you know it was you know for the running backs for net some obviously but uh, Brown you know was really doing most of his damage underneath Uh, so I hope that doesn't you know, get cut into by, by Bernard, or if it does, I hope that, you know, Brown is more of a factor, you know, in an intermediate area. Like we know he, he can be. So. It's just,
1: it's scary to think of all the weapons Tom Brady has. Like it's scary to think about. Yeah. So uh,
0: are the bucks going to win by eight points or more? Is the question <laughs> we're, we're <going> there? Uh, <laughs> I mean, now you got me thinking about it. <laughs> uh, I'm passing on that. Like if anything,
1: it's, it's bucks or bust here. I don't know how you could take Dallas. Uh, just because we don't, we didn't see Dak in the preseason. He's going to be rusty. You know, it's it's hard to go against
0: uh, Tampa Bay here. I'll say that. And also, I think I told you this uh, when we saw each other over the weekend or last week. But Mike McCarthy is on a bunch of the first co-fired leaderboards. Like he's got the best odds on a few different uh, lists. So. That's also interesting. So yeah, I'm, I'm, kind of weaning bucks there too, but uh, you guys can check out the action network podcast for those betting picks (laughs) with uh, Stucky and I, Uh, that's a little tease for you guys. Uh, That should be out uh, tomorrow or a day after this one. So let's move on to the Philadelphia Eagles and the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons are three point favorites at home. The total is 48 and a half and For our prop, I'm going to go with a tight end that's probably on the fringe of start sits for a lot of people. Uh, If you missed out on the stud tier of tight ends, there's a good chance you got this guy. Dallas Goddard over under 43 and a half receiving yards is the line at prize pick.
1: I'm projecting this
0: closer to 38
1: and a half. So I'm going to have to go with the under here. Zach Ertz never got traded. So, you know, Dallas Goddard, you've been calling this Dallas Goddard was being overdrafted pretty much all summer. Um, You know, I think they're both going to pretty much split time. I have them both projected to run around about 65 percent of the time. You know, I think Goddard is ascending. You know, he's entering his prime. I do like him as a talent, but there's just too many weapons in this offense and not enough passing yards to go around to really love taking the over here. You know, they're they're boosting their wide receiver depth chart by adding Devonta Smith. Quez Watkins looks like he's going to step up this year. So there's just, you know, too many weapons. And then we need uh, Jalen Hurts to break out as a passer. Uh, So I'm going to hold off betting on or taking uh, Goddard's over here and I'm going to have to go at the under.
0: Yeah, I have it at 35. Uh, I do have him as a tight end 10. So for people wondering, he is right on that fringe. Hurts tight end 17. But uh, yeah, I have Goddard about uh, about seven yards short. Uh, Of this number, just because of the uncertainty, Uh, for DFS or you know, and when we say DFS, you know, this could also be a guy who's you know also on the fringe of start sits and redraft. You know, we're trying to focus on those players. I know last year, you know, we used to start off by you know who's our top five or top three ranked guys at each position. I don't think that's given much people much value just because everyone's starting, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and these guys but uh, who's your DFS cheat code? Somebody from this game that you're uh, you think is a great value uh, in, in in DFS.
1: So my DFS cheat code is actually a really, really good season long player. And that's Jalen hurts. Um, You know, I was considering between either Devonta Smith, Jalen Rager, Quez Watkins. I think they all have a ton of upside, especially this week against Atlanta. And then I was like, why not just go all in on Jalen hurts? I think, Now is the time to buy in Um, just in case he has, you know, a 2019 Lamar Jackson or 2020 Josh Allen breakout season where, you know, he develops significantly as a passer and we already know his rushing upside. Um, So this is a matchup. He could just go bananas. Um, So I'm going naked hurts here. You don't, you don't really need to stack him with anybody. I mean, he has all these weapons I already talked about. I do like Goddard still. Um, Zach hurts will still be a, a pretty solid weapon. Um, and, you know, th- this matchup is a good one. You know, the Falcons defense is looking pretty rough going into this season and new defensive coordinator Dean Pease could get it uh, to come together. Um, he's been known as like a blitz heavy head coach. And I was looking at Jalen Hurts last year. You know, it was a very limited sample size, but um, he had about 45 dropbacks where he got blitzed uh, and he finished top 10 in almost every metric I like to look at. So Jalen Hurts might not be the quarterback you want to blitz um, because he's dangerous as legs. He has all these weapons. Um, so I th- I just think this is, this is a week where Jalen hurts. We're going to look back and maybe he was like even way too cheap going into this season. So that's why he's my DFS cheat code this week in this matchup.
0: Yeah, I think he's absolutely too cheap, you know, at his price and it would almost certainly increase after this week. So uh, I like that call. Uh, I am going with, you know, if you are, Trying to stack hurts, or so you are looking for a, a dart throw. Uh, I think Quez Watkins makes the most sense. Uh, he's uh, reportedly going to, I mean, not reportedly, he's, it's been pretty obvious, but he's won that, you know, third receiver job. Uh, you know, Travis Fogum got got dropped and I think resigned to the practice squad. But uh, Quez Watkins is min priced across the industry. And, you know, he's a guy this preseason, he had a 15.7 A dot. So, you know, Jalen Hurts with those off-script play plays, uh, I think is it's really interesting in, in a stack with with Quez Watkins because most people are going to go again, I think, with Devonta Smith or or Dallas Goddard. But uh, Watkins, probably not somebody you're starting in, in a redraft or anything like that. But in DFS, I think he is the best option in terms of, like, a low-owned guy that, you know, could easily lead the team in in air yards. Like, he should be out there. Uh, at least as much as Goddard, Ertz, and, and uh, Rager, and the you know maybe not as much as Devonte, but literally I'm uh, pretty much as much as anyone else on that team. So, uh, like Quez Watkins as a as a stack option cheat code this week. All right, let's go to Pittsburgh Buffalo, and this game is a, a rematch of last year's game where Buffalo uh, got the win. I think I believe they picked six Roethlisberger. <laughs> Last year, <laughs> so you know Pittsburgh gets to, to give him some payback here. Maybe uh, Buffalo is a six and a half point favorite. The total is forty eight. Seems a little bit high, but on Zach Moss you entering year two, it was kind of a committee backfield with Devin Singletary last year, but Pittsburgh is a really tough run defense. So, Zach Moss is a per, you know, a back that most people probably drafted. Is that RB3? Maybe they ha- you thinking about flexing him uh, or he's your top flex option on your roster. Over under 27 and a half rushing yards is the line at prize picks.
1: Oh, yeah. So that's, that's pretty low. Um, you know, earlier in the week, this was 47 and a half. I love the under, but now that it's 27 and a half, I'm going to, I'm going to lean over here i'm projecting this closer to 34 yards um and it it sucks that like you know the bills are such a good offense and we we don't like either running back because this, this should be a 50 50 split it looked like zach moss was actually running away with the job earlier in training camp you know he was lighting it up um but then he suffered uh i believe it was a hamstring injury it really derailed the momentum so you know Singletary got to like step up and he looked really good in preseason, so I'm expecting this to be close to a 50 50 split. It's hard to feel confident either way on this, but I'm gonna have to go with the over here. It is a touch tough matchup, but I think the Bills should dominate this game. I think they'll end up by you know winning by a touchdown. So I think Zach Moss could get you know fourth quarter cleanup duty. Uh, but it's it's close. But I will go over here.
0: Yeah, you like the fact that the Bills are a home favorite. That's usually a good spot for running backs, but the bills are still a pass heavy team. I don't know how much they're going to try to slam it into that Pittsburgh front. I have both Moss and Singletary well under four yards of carry in this matchup. So yeah, I have Moss right around 40 yards. So I'm a little higher than you, but uh, uh, so I'm, I'm over the prop, but it's, you know, it, it, it's tough to kind of differentiate him from Singletary. And I don't see either of them, uh, you know, with major, pass game usage in this one either. So, uh, I have it around, I have Moss like under 50 total yards. So not the, not the most confident, uh, season long yeah. start, but this is why we talk about these, these lines at prize picks in case you guys want to check those out because it is, uh, it, it is pretty low, you know, so there looks a little bit over adjusted for the matchup, I think. And, uh, so that may be when you want to put in an entry, um, you know, cause there's, we, we both have it projected, uh, well over the, the total. Of course these lines I mean, do move. Yeah. Yeah. How do you, how do you
1: have each running back projected like rank wise? So I have Singletary RB 36 and Zach Moss RB 41. So I'm, I'm basically staying away. This is more of a wait and see approach to see how this shakes out. But I, I would say both are sets this week.
0: Yeah. I have them at uh 33, 34. So I guess, I guess I'm a little higher just because they're, um, you know, they're both start, like they're kind of splitting 50, 50. So um. Yeah, but I mean, again, these are initial projections, so maybe I'll find some more backs <laughs> to put ahead of them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I have them. So they're both outside the top thirty-two. If that tells you anything, but yeah, they're right there. Oh, and that's uh, right. You you probably have Matt
1: Breida getting like zero touches. You're you're not on the the Matt Breida point
0: point five point five yeah.
1: carries. Uh, okay, I figured <laughs> he's getting the the Taiwan Jones
0: treatment yeah a little more than that he's getting the yelled in he's getting he's getting the yelled in (laughs) when no one's hurt (laughs) (laughs) that
1: might explain uh, why you're a couple ranks ahead of me yeah I have Brita getting two carries so
0: okay yeah and I mean and that's fair I mean Brita was uh a little bit involved but I mean just judging from the uh Dabo and the years past like that third running back really hasn't been Mm -hmm. uh, a factor so uh, we'll see how it goes. Uh, I like Gabe Davis. I think he's really interesting. He's near min price. He's a guy that uh, he could run the second most routes on this team, you know, even with every, all the other wide receivers healthy he rents uh, around he played 71% of the snaps last year. Uh, obviously John Brown was in and out of the lineup, but Beasley, you know, he'll come off the field in, in a lot of two wide sets. And then Emmanuel Sanders, you know, 34 years old, is he going to be like a 90% guy? I, I don't know. So uh, I think it, there's a good chance that Gabriel Davis is number two in routes run and in air yards uh, for this bills team. So I, I like him as a, a DFS G code. How about you? Um, yeah, I I'm
1: with you there on Gabe Davis. I think uh, Emmanuel Sanders is going to scare people away. So not too many people are going to be on Gabe Davis this week, even though outside of Stefan Diggs, he probably has the highest ceiling out of all these pass catchers. Um, So, you know, give me that in GBPs, you know, really high upside flyer. Again, I I like to find ways to invest cheaply in these, like, high-octane pass offenses. So Gabe Davis is kind of that way to get in the Bills attack this week. And I I think he's going to be under-rostered this week. So love Gabe Davis.
0: What about the three Pittsburgh receivers? And season-long, it was usually – Deontay going first, then Quaypool, then Juju, who I thought was a value in season one, but um, I don't have him ranked very highly in week one. Uh, Where are you on who's the best of these three uh, steel receivers to roster this week? I think most weeks it's going to be
1: Deontay Johnson, so that's why I have him there this week. This probably isn't a great Chase-Claypool matchup. You know, the Bills tend to limit big plays. They allowed the fewest pass attempts of 20-plus more yards. They're more exposed, you know, the intermediate low a dot players. So I think Deontay Johnson could be um, have a plus matchup this week. It's I I haven't really checked, but I don't know if Tredavious White's going to be shadowing him. That's something we usually know later in the week. But right now I have Deontay Johnson leading these receivers. And let me see his rank right now. Yeah, so I have Deontay Johnson wide receiver 26. I think most weeks he's going to be right around wide receiver 20. So it is a bit of a downgrade for all of them. Uh, But I think Deontay is the play out of these three this week.
0: Yeah, I have Deontay in half PPR at 32 and Chase at 33. So, um, you know, kind of being conservative here, we don't know exactly, like you said, what Tredavious White is going to do. I think this Bills defense will be improved. um, And uh, we still have to see exactly how this Pittsburgh offense shapes up. You know, it's a new offensive coordinator. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a new offensive coordinator, Matt Canada taking over for Randy Fickner. So while I do think on the season, these, this Pittsburgh team will be a profitable one to kind of invest in, in, in fantasy on the road in Buffalo in week one, still working out some kinks. Roethlisberger had a tough go at it, uh, up there last year. Um, I, I just, I'm being a little conservative with, with these Steelers, uh, in week one. So, um, 32 and 33 for me. So Deontay with the slightest uh, of edges. Let's go to the Minnesota Vikings visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. Vikings are three-point favorites. The total is 48 in this one uh, as well. So let's go with uh, a rookie receiver who's made headlines for some of the wrong reasons. This training camp, a lot of drops. A lot of issues, even in the preseason with with drops, practice drops. So Jamar Chase, the line is 55 and a half receiving yards at prize picks.
1: Yeah, it's been a roller coaster uh, for Jamar Chase. Um, I'm slightly over this uh, with 57 yards. So I'm going to buy the dip here. I think people are probably overreacting. Um, to the drops. Now, I think there there is some reason for some concern here. He might start off a bit rusty. He did sit out the entire 2020 season. Um, so that could be part of it. He didn't drop any of those. None of those drops, I should say, were from Joe Burrow. Um, if there's any silver lining there, uh, maybe he wasn't taking preseason seriously. Maybe he's an Allen Iverson type. Who knows? But I'm going to bet on talent here to prevail. So I think week one, uh, I'm gonna buy the dip here and go over on Jamar Chase. So you are saying
0: we should regress? Barely. We should regress drops by the quarter not, by not the starting quarterback. If more. they're by Brandon <laughs> Allen or
1: Brian Philly, whoever the hell is throwing them, <laughs> yeah, I think it should matter.
0: Uh, um,
1: and yeah, the, he he dropped four passes in a row. I mean, that is really hard to do. That's why I'm concerned. It, it could be a mental thing. Who knows? But you know, I think he'll get it right before the season starts. Hopefully. Um, and hit the ground running. What do you think? Are you over under this?
0: Uh, I'm under. i I'm not too far under. I have it at fifty three in my initial projections. So uh, by no means, you know any a slouch in terms of the receiving yards. But I do kind of look at T. Higgins, a, a guy who a lot of people were taking, you know, after Jamar chase, at least earlier in draft season. I think now with the, you know, the negative news coming out of camp, uh, the ADPs kind of corrected a bit, but T Higgins last season, week one, 22% of the snaps week two, 65% of the snaps week three, 79%, you know? So they kind of ramped him up uh, slowly there. Now, granted it was, you know, coming out of COVID as well, but uh, that's kind of what Chase is doing. You know, he's a rookie and he sat out a year cause of COVID. So uh, I'm just worried that they, they ran, they kind of ramp him up and, Use a couple of weeks to really get them into the flow of things. Um, we have heard that you know Auden Tate, a reliable veteran uh, who should be active on game days, uh, is going to perhaps take some of those snaps. That's what Zach Taylor said. So I'm just being conservative here. I have Chase as my wide receiver, uh, 42. So, Ooh.
1: yeah, <laughs> that's a set. Um, I have him wide receiver 32, but I would recommend, you know, if you if you have a comparable option that's you know a bit safer, probably go that way. Jamar Chase is a player I definitely see getting better as the season goes along. So if you can, you bench him this week and hope he goes off on your bench. Um, But yeah, I'm a little bit higher with wide receiver 32 on Chase this week.
0: Yeah, like I, you, I guess you're kind of using more of his like season long averages, like for routes and stuff like that. Like I'm going a little bit under. Yeah, we'll
1: see. Uh, Like you said, these are initial projections. Um, You mentioned Auden Tate. I'm going to be following that very closely. Um, If anything, you know, I could ramp up Auden Tate's. Um, routes run per drop back and that will directly you know lower chases so um i I might meet you i might meet you somewhere in the middle like i by the end of the week i could see chase being my wide receiver 36 somewhere around that
0: yeah yeah definitely um yeah so he's not a start for me in in week one uh unless you're in a deeper league i I just think you know T higgins had a great season and he played Mm -hmm. 22 percent of the snaps in week one i mean That's something that I think we could look back at, like, ah, how obvious was this? (laughs) And it's like, you know what I mean? Like, it's one of those things where I'm i still, you know, he's still going to be in the top 50 for me, but I, yeah, I'm going to recommend Where do you have
1: Higgins this week? He's my wide receiver
0: 22. 17. So I guess that's why we have, we're, you know, yeah, yeah, I'm a little higher on, I've been higher on Higgins most draft season, though. I think this is, I mean, the classic year two breakout. um, Just, you know, this is, to me, this is a smash season for Higgins.
1: You're not worried about the matchup at all Uh, and very improved Vikings defense potentially.
0: Yeah. I, you know, it's, that's something I'll, it's like, we were talking about off air. It's, you know, week one matchups are tough because you you do have to use some of last year's numbers, but at the same time, it's a totally different defense. So I'm not accounting for it too much. Uh, Higgins will definitely, even if he drops a few spots, he'll be in my top 24, almost certainly. So he'll be a, he'll be a wide receiver too, uh, either way he's he's going to be the guy I think early on in the season tower boy is going to get you four to five catches in about 50 yards. Mm-hmm. So let's see for what are we uh, DFS cheat codes. I like Joe Mixon here. Uh, this is a guy who, when he was healthy last year was getting 90 to a hundred percent of the running back carries week in week out. Now he only played six games, but very high usage guy uh, should be healthy coming in week one, not much behind him on the depth chart. You know, the longtime reliable vet Gio Bernard is gone. So I look at this, you know, I look at Mixon and granted, you you don't like uh, an underdog, but at least they're at home, number one. But I just look at Mixon and I look at, okay, the coaching staff looking at what's behind him and there's really not much. You have Samaje Ryan who stepped in at, at times last year. And then you have Chris Evans, who eventually I think will be in that Gio Bernard role. But if they're giving Mixon, you know, 90 to hundred percent of the carries last year with Gio on the team, I, I mean, he's going to get 110%, I think uh, in week one. And he's, he's in that mid range pricing uh, on, D, on in DFS. So uh, that's my guy here who maybe people don't touch quite as much because he's, he's an underdog. And I know how, you know, we love our home favorites. So uh, Joe Mixon for me.
1: Yeah, I love that call. I think people will um, be worried about the matchup. I think rightfully so, but as always is the case, it's running backs volume is king, and at least early on, Mixon's going to have that volume. So, love that as like a sneaky, not contrarian play, but you know, pay up to be contrarian. Um, I'm going with a much much cheaper guy in this matchup. I'm going with Tyler Conklin. Um, you know, I am still bummed that Irv Smith is going to miss this year. I thought he was going to have a breakout season with Kyle Rudolph out of the picture. But, you know, I think Tyler Conklin is going to step up um, and be pretty good, um, especially out of the gate. I, I think Chris Herndon um, may, you know, eat into his value later on in the season. I'm not too worried about Herndon this week, obviously. But, you know, when Kyle Rudolph was out the final four games last year, um, you know, Irv Smith went off. I believe he was tight end four um, during that stretch. Tyler Conklin was tight end 15. Um, so now we don't, we don't have Kyle Rudolph. Or Irv Smith to worry about. So I think Tyler Conklin's going to be sneaky this year. I know we don't want to play Tyler Conklin, but he's so cheap. Um, you know, I kind of want to get in before.
0: Wait, why don't we want to play Tyler Conklin? Well, some people. <laughs> What's might this anti-Tyler Conklin bias?
1: I'm trying to like um, tell the Conklin haters to you know stop it.
0: Wait, wait. Um, like, there's an opinion on Tyler Conklin. I need to go back on Twitter more. Uh, there like, might not be well, an opinion. Well,
1: at all.
0: I did. I just did it. Like, why is he polarizing?
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, but he is polarizing. <laughs> Um, Obviously, I'm just saying, like, would it be more fun to play Kyle Pitts? Absolutely. Um, But, you know, Conklin's much, much cheaper. And, you know, this offense, we don't really know who the wide receiver three is going to be, right? I know you're a KG Osborne believer.
0: No, I like Emir smith Marsett long-term, but in terms of camp and the word out of camp – Uh, we joked that pretty much every Vikings receiver was rumored to be the third (laughs) receiver at one point, but I've been hearing from the, you know, a lot of the most trusted beat writers that KJ Osborne was the guy that was in that role the most. So I think long-term Smith-Marset, but week one, I think I have Osborne with maybe like one more route.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Either way, I consider, you know, the leading tight end for the Vikings to essentially be the number three wide receiver. So that's why, you know, I think Conklin, especially out of the gate, we want to be on him before the mainstream kind of catches up. So love him as a cheap play this week. He's my uh, cheat code for this matchup.
0: Yeah. I like that. Cause I'll put it like this. You have Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt and Akeem Davis Gaither. If you don't know who those people are, <laughs> they're Cincinnati's linebackers. And uh Yeah. Those are the guys that Conklin will probably be running some routes on Cincinnati gave up the second most schedule adjusted yards per game to tight ends at 63 and a half last season, according to football outsiders. So I don't, I look at their linebacking corps, and I don't really see much improvement, you know? So are you going to, are you going to be bringing the safety over Conklin every time? I don't know if he's that kind of guy. So (laughs) I, you know, like, I I think, I think this is a, Uh, i'm with you i think this is a good matchup for him you know tight ends are tough you know it's always when you're not talking about kelsey or you know i think even this week you know pitts and in in hawkinson that even that tier there's like it's a big drop off from those top three guys so um but you know very cheap tyra conklin uh if there was ever a week to play him it is it's this one let's go to speaking of tj hawkinson the 49ers at the Detroit lions and the Niners favored by seven and a half at most sports books with the total down at 45. So could it be a good spot for the Niners? And the prop I want to go with is one where I think season long, a lot of people have Trey Sermon, the rookie ahead of Raheem Mostert, but week one, Better in deference, right? So, Raheem Moster against this Lions defense, his over under at prize pick is 69 and a half rushing yards.
1: Yep, that's a big, big number, but I am right in line with it. And I would not take the under. Um, if anything, you would lean over here, but this is a big number. And you made a good point there where, you know, season long, I had Trey Sermon ranked a couple slots ahead of Raheem Mostert. And I pointed this out. In almost every iteration of my tears this offseason is Raheem Moser will give you RB2 value like early in the season. And then I think eventually Trey Sermon will pass him up and be the RB2 to close out the season. So this week, Moser is my RB18. I love him this week. I love the matchup. Um, he's a type of running back where he can break off a couple big runs and easily go over this number. Um, he he won't need that many carries to do it, but I am projecting him for about 14 rush attempts this week. So I think he has a, he has a really high floor and yeah, if anything I lean towards the over here.
0: Yeah. I have him uh, around RB 12. So I'm even higher Ooh. on him. I, I love him this week. Uh, and uh, I have him, but I do have him at like 65 uh, rushing yards. So I guess it's within a carry of him going because he, he, I have him at 4.9, which is high. Because of that Detroit run defense, you don't expect to be very good. So, uh, like Mostert this week, as far as the line, I'm staying away because I agree. I don't want to bet the under, but that's a big number. And we, you know, it's still Kyle Shanahan. And we, so we don't know. And like, this is such a good matchup all the way around. I think that. San Francisco, like Jimmy G, could throw like four touchdowns, and, and and then Mostert could give way to like the third string back, you know, by like <laughs> halftime. Yeah. So you know, that's the only reason I'm a little conservative there. Uh, you know, in general, I, I'm always conservative betting over, so wouldn't do it. But yeah, this is one where I don't like the under. Uh, I need more of an edge than you know five, five, four, five yards uh, to bet the to bet the uh, under in a great matchup like this for Mostert. For DFS cheat codes, where are you going in this one, Sean?
1: You know where I'm going with this one. <laughs> I'm on Ross St. Brown. And you know, I think out of the gate, I think he's going to be one of Goff's favorite target. Um, he should start in the slot. And we've seen, you know, in the past, Goff loves targeting the slot. Uh, St. Brown could be his next Cooper Cup. And you know, even though we do love TJ Hawkinson on this podcast, He's been dealing with a shoulder injury. I don't know if he's going to be 100 percent for week one. So if anything, he might be eased in, and Saint Brown could get an extra target or two that might go to Hawkinson. You know, starting in week two. So I think just out of the gate, I want to be all in on Saint Brown. I think he's perfect. You know, for full PPR type formats, he might not be startable and season long. You might. You probably need to be in a deeper league to start him, but I do like um, him long term, and I think you know he'll he'll hit the ground running for rookie this year.
0: Totally agree. Uh, That's my guy too. You know, min priced uh, pretty much across the industry. Uh, Just a guy that you may get, you know, eight, nine targets from in week one, especially if they, there is a trailing game script. Now the floor is really low. He could conceivably, I mean, he's a rookie. He could goose egg for all we know, but. Oh, no way he's going to goose egg. uh, Hey, (laughs) hey, it's Jared Goff, man. It's Jared Goff against the defense that like Aaron Rodgers couldn't figure out twice in one season. Uh, you know, that's, it's kind of on that level again, I think, or you know, he's getting back to it. So I'm not, you know, I think there's a wide range of outcomes, but I do have St. Brown uh, projected for 4.6 catches and I have him in half PPR as my wide receiver uh, 59. So, you know, he's out outside that top, you know, four fifty, 50, but he's right in that next tier. If you're in a deeper league or something like that.
1: I mean, this, this already was the thinnest and worst wide receiver depth chart in the league and then they cut brashad perryman
0: yeah that made it better addition by subtraction i'm (laughs) I'm, I'm not even joking you you probably think i'm joking but i've been so uh, like i (laughs) like i posted a prize picks prop at like three in the morning and it was like i I think it was either mims or tony but it was it was like somebody parlayed with brashad perryman like it was just like this guy, I couldn't believe when I saw the lines for him for season one, it was like <laughs> 750 yards. It's like this dude hasn't even done that. Like, like when is Bershaw right. Perriman ever? I, I, so down on I agree. But like the
1: competition got even better for like or worse, however you want to describe it for St. Brown.
0: Like he's absolutely going to be playing over 80 percent of the snaps right out of the gate. Well, yeah, but I think I think I don't know if the, it changed much because I think with Rashad Perriman not on the field, like I think Cephas or Cal- yeah. uh, Raymond yeah. or Benson is yeah. probably like more likely to draw a target than that's, a Rashad Perriman lumbering around out there. That's
1: lumbering <laughs> around. exactly like with Jared <laughs> Goff under center.
0: Yeah, Karen would have been just running wins. Yes, winsports. I agree with that. Yeah, so like that—that's why I was like, it just wasn't a fit. It was like. uh Go back with me to Alex Smith, Washington, first year before he got hurt and Paul Richardson. Like, oh, it was, yeah. so, it was so obvious that that wasn't going to be a fit. And I remember I said it and like the fan base got mad at me, uh, you know, Washington's fan base. And I was like, like I get like it, I get that you're excited about your new quarterback, but this is just not. The guy you want to pair him with. And, you know, that was the case with Paraman. So now we'll see what happens. I think Tyrell is a little better just because he can also run those like, w- you know, intermediate crossing routes that Goff likes. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I have him actually at 53, a couple spots ahead of St. Brown, just because I think, uh, you know, still a veteran guy. But um, in terms of catches, like straight up catches, I have St. Brown 4 6, Williams 4 0. So Williams gets more yards and a little more. A, uh, yeah. with a couple of ticks higher on the touchdowns uh all right we spent enough time uh <laughs> talking Detroit here let's go to the uh, a much more interesting game for fantasy purposes and that is the Arizona Cardinals visiting the Tennessee Titans the titans are three points favorites the total is a robust 52. So, Sean, I'll ask you this to lead it off. Chase Edmonds, James Conner, there's going to be some type of split going on here. It's not necessarily one where it may change as the season progresses. It's just one where it will change once James Conner inevitably gets hurt. So (laughs) in week one, given that Conner should play, Chase Edmonds over under 43 and a half rushing yards, is the line at prize Picks?
1: Yeah, that's that's a good line. I'm pretty much in line. I have him closer to you know 42 rushing yards. But if anything, this this probably does set up better for Chase Edmonds. You know, they're road dogs. Um, I, I think they could ease in James Conner. You know, he he's still recovering from off season toe surgery. I didn't expect him um, to have a huge role week one. So if anything, I would lean towards the over. But how could you feel comfortable one way or the other? This this is definitely a backfield. Where I'm in wait and see mode, um, with, with both backs, obviously. But I'm also worried that Rondale Moore could eat into Edmonds' role more than people think. You know, he's gonna be very active on these screen passes, but he could also see, you know, a couple of carries a game. Um, so he kind of like steps on Edmonds' toes. They kind of have a similar skill set. Um, so you know, I'm I'm gonna be very cautious with this backfield, even though we we did mention we do like both running backs. Um, we're probably too cheap at ADP because if either running back misses time, I think, you know, the other one's going to be a pretty good RB too. Um So heading into the season, if you can, you, you know, you probably want to bench Edmonds. You definitely want to bench Connor. Um, so this is sort of a wait and see situation for me. This is a pass.
0: Yeah. And it's because as long as we've known Cliff Kingsbury, he just doesn't give carries to that third running back. I mean, how do you, who do you have, what do you have for Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward combined? Like, how many exactly? Cats?
1: So, I have like point, uh, so I have a half carry for each. Oh, more than me, I have them at zero.
0: If that, <laughs> let me see. I'm just guesstimating right now. I have it at, I, I, I'll probably give them a half, but uh, yeah, I, I, start, I start them out at zero because there's no injuries, you know. I
1: have them combined for a half a carry and combined for like 0.2 catches, but that's exactly the point, right? Is Cliff Kingsbury really just has no use for these third string running backs. Even when one of the running backs goes down, it seems like whenever uh, Kenan Drake is out, you know, Edmonds gets all the work that's going to be the case of Connor. So I think that, yeah, just when it comes to these number three, four, running backs on my team. That's kind of why I do like the ceiling for both running backs.
0: Yeah. I'd bet the under point two catches on those dudes combined. Oh yeah. No, 17 I've, weeks. It's, you got to lower that. That's,
1: that's about point one eight too high. <laughs> well, would you take minus 800 for the under? Cause that's what it is. So. I would take
0: minus 8,000. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, any juice? Any juice? Sure. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, no, seriously, like I'll probably give them like a percent of a snap, but like that's that's how whittle those backs, like the third string back. And, and usually they have two, act, they'll have two active sometimes uh, for special teams, like the three and the four running back, but they just don't play. And well,
1: keep and going. part of that is their they're best running back, is Kyler Murray. So yeah, right. You know, that, that's kind of why these number three, number four running backs don't see much work is because they already have a Russian quarterback.
0: Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm at 43 yards for Edmund. So that's, that's mm-hmm. a no, that's right on, but let's go to DFS. Cause uh, my favorite cheat code and also the, uh, an automatic bet over one and a half touchdowns pretty much week in week out. And that's Ryan Tannehill. Uh I love Tannehill in one of the highest, you know, over-under games of the week. And he's been the guy that, you know, wait in draft season, I finally started missing out on Jalen Hurts some, you know, and I would try to get Ryan Tannehill. That, that would be the guy that I was like, okay, if I'm not going if to, I, if I let Jalen Hurts get past me, I got to at least get Ryan Tannehill. Uh, so that's my DFS cheat code for this Cardinals and Titans game. I mean, you have a, you know, Titans team projected for one of the highest totals of the week. They're at home, three-point favorites, total of 52. So do the math. Uh, It's a lot of implied points. Uh, What about you, Sean?
1: Yeah, first let me piggyback on that Tannehill call real quick. Who who do the Cardinals have that are going to slow down either A.J. Brown or Julio Jones? Because they lost Patrick Peterson. Yes, he's not as good as he used to be, but also Malcolm Butler retired. Like, how are they going to slow down either
0: receiver? They can't, right? Yeah, they, uh, what is it going to be, Alford and uh, and Murphy or some something? Yeah. is that the, is that really what what we're doing here? That is really what we're doing here. And then uh, I guess Marco Wilson would, would mix in. It, like it's yeah, it's 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 ugly. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan Tano, maybe over two and a half touchdowns this. One. Oh and, oh, and they have Derrick Henry to worry about too. So th- this is going to be. Uh, I think we need to add a column to our projection spreadsheet <laughs> for uh, you know we were just talking off air about. Um, you know, I just like created my model to do the, you know, 300 yard passing games. I, I wonder how it would look for the, you know, the three touchdown, three passing touchdown games. Cause oh, for Tannehill. Yeah. yeah. this Cause like Derrick Henry could get like one or two on the ground and I'd still like Tannehill in this one. I mean, this is a, this is a smash bot for Tennessee. That's a great point about the cornerbacks. Arizona's in flux and whatever they were doing in the offseason, you know, with Butler retiring, that throw that, you know, they haven't practiced with whatever group they're going to be out there with as much yeah. as probably um, you would have liked to. So, uh, yeah, Tannehill for me. No, so
1: I'll let you take Tannehill. He's obviously a cheat code here, but I'm going with Rondale Moore. Um, I, I think this is the week. Uh, I think a lot of my cheat codes are going to be rookie wide receivers. I, I want to get on them early. Again, this year, Um, that was fun getting in early on, you know, Justin Jefferson, Chase Claypool last year. Rondell Moore is sneaky. He might not have a super, super high ceiling. He's probably not going to score a ton of touchdowns, but he's going to get targets. They're going to manufacture touches for him. Like I said, I I wouldn't be surprised if he gets two or three carries this game. Um, You know, DeAndre Hopkins has been banged up. Um, I'm not worried about him at all, but I think Rondell Moore should be the number two target. Um, this week it's it's a great matchup for him as well Um, so he's a guy with sneaky upside you know he's dangerous with the ball in his hand so he can get a screen pass and take it for 80 yards so that's that's why I do think he does have a higher ceiling than you know the typical um, you know smaller-ish yak kind of um, receiver Um, so I love his upside I I think he's he has the potential to be a Debo Samuel type Um, so I want to be in on him early and he's pretty cheap across the industry as well
0: yeah, I, I'm looking at my numbers and I I, ha, I have Green and Kirk with four catches and more with uh, 3.3, but I think I need to over update my <laughs> more uh, yards per catch because I use like, you know, ADOT, some combination at a dot and a regression or whatever. But I have more getting only eight, like nine yards per catch, essentially, because, you know, he's going to he's going to be one of those gadget guys. That's not too far. Yeah. I have
1: 9.8. He going oh, okay. to have a low a dot for sure, but yeah. he's just, he does, he has a higher ceiling than your typical low a dot guy because I think his yak ability is just off the charts. Um, so I, he's almost like a really good pass catching back like a Barkley or Camara, where I think that he has the ability to take those to the house, but yeah, I'm closer to, you know, you know, sub 10 yards per catch, but I think he does have a higher ceiling than most receivers that have that kind of like prototype.
0: Next up here on the fantasy flex is a new segment that we call a week entries where Sean and I dive into the prize picks app and compare our player projections to the props to build some entries for listeners unfamiliar with prize picks. It's a super simple way to play DFS prize picks offers a bunch of fantasy and player prop over under markets for both daily and season long, uh, such as Zeke Elliott rushing yards uh, this season, or Josh Allen week one fantasy score. You choose the picks you like you, build your entry, you can go with two, three, four, or even five picks in an entry. And your payout is based on how big your lineup is and how much you risk. So let's say you choose two props, uh, you go under on Zeke rushing and over on Josh Allen fantasy points. If they both hit, you'd win three times your entry fee. And if you build an entry with four props, you can win as much as 10X your entry fee. So Sean and I like to use our projections uh, to identify the prize picks markets that we like so today we're going to look at four props uh sean you're up first which is the first prize pick uh line that you're putting in your entry i'm going with austin eckler under
1: 57 and a half rushing yards um you know this washington defense especially the defensive line is no joke Um, So I think they're going to struggle running the ball here. And you know, the the Chargers offensive line should be much, much better this year, but it's still a new unit. They have a lot of new pieces, so it could take a a couple games to gel. Um, So I think they might get off to a slow start with the running game. And honestly, the best way to use Eckler is probably to dump it off and use him in the receiving game as an extension of the running game. So I think that kind of eats into his rushing yards as well. I'm projecting this closer to like 49 and a half.
0: Yeah, I like that call. I think that, as I mentioned before, that Washington defense is not one that you want to mess with this year. Uh, For me, uh, my first prize picks entry I am going with DeAndre Swift, under 53 and a half rushing yards. I know he's good to go for week one, but this San Francisco defense is another one we shouldn't play with. Detroit is uh, more than a touchdown underdog and when you look at the 49ers they were top 10 in rushing dvoa on defense last year and that was with a ton of injuries so i think this is going to be a real tough front to run against and i think the game script is going to shift to where swift sees more in the passing game so like the under 53 and a half rushing yards for deandre swift who is your second uh and our third prize picks elite Sean. So I'm going with Miles Gaskin over
1: 44 and a half rushing yards. Um, you know, the Patriots. Defense isn't as easy of a matchup this year. I think it's going to be improved. Um, but I, I do think Miles Gaskin should be the lead back this week. You know, I've stressed some concern that, you know, Malcolm Brown or Salvin Ahmed may eat into his carries at some point this year where they play the hot hand. Not week one. I think week one, he is the lead back. This should be a low scoring, kind of run heavy game. So I love Miles Gaskin to go over 44 and a half rushing yards. I have this projected culture to 55.
0: Yep, I have it right at 54. So we're in line there. We're both on the over. Miles Gaskin, 44 and a half rushing yards at prize picks. And I'm going to close it out with uh, another under. Jonathan Taylor, under 81 and a half rushing yards. That is a big number for any back. I know Taylor had a great close to the season, but a lot of it came against teams like Jacksonville and whatnot. Seattle, not too bad on run defense. Uh, they were actually seventh in run defense DVOA. So one of the better run defenses kind of sneaky there last year. Uh, I have Taylor closer to uh, 70 yards rushing in this game, uh, so I like the under uh, with him against Seattle. All right, So that is our elite entry for today. To recap, we're going with Austin Eckler under 57 and a half rushing yards, DeAndre Swift under 53 and a half rushing yards, Miles Gaskin over 44 and a half rushing yards, and Jonathan Taylor under 81 and a half Rushing yards. That's our prize picks elite entry. As a reminder, prize picks markets do move. So you want to be nimble, locking those numbers before they shift. If you haven't created a prize picks account yet, check out the link in our episode description and they'll match your first deposit up to $100. Or you can visit prizepicks.com and use the promo code Action10 for a $100 deposit bonus. Okay, now back to the Fantasy Flex. All right, uh, let's go to another, what, at least for one side, but uh, that's maybe because I've been well on the other side uh, for most of the offseason. but so for our next game, let's go Seattle, Indianapolis, in Indianapolis. The home team is a two and a half point underdog. The total is 49 and a half. T.Y. Hilton going to start the year on the shelf, Sean. So the prop I'm going to throw out here is Michael Pittman over under 56 and a half receiving yards at prize picks. I'm in line
1: with this prop, but I I will say I lean towards the under, Um, you know, he's a guy where I I do think he was cheap in drafts um, heading into the season. And, you know, this week he's wide receiver 45. So I wouldn't suggest starting him. He's a wait and see kind of guy. Um, He should end up being Carson Wentz's number one target, but I think, you know, this first game they could spread the ball out. So I think he he has a lower floor um, than I think people realize going into week one. So I'm going to go with under here. Um, I I think, you know, guys like Paris Campbell, uh, Zach Pascal could step up. So I think his floor is much, much lower than people realize. So I'm going under here and he's a guy that, I think his fancy value might be if he becomes Carson Wentz, you know, red zone target. I think he does have touch on upside. That's kind of the appeal with him. So I think when it comes to re- his receiving props, um, anything over 55 seems a bit high.
0: Yeah. I have him right at 55. Uh, I have him four, four and a half catches for 55 yards. So uh, I do like him uh, in DFS as a cheap kind of play because he still uh, projects to run the most routes on the team. I think Pascal and Campbell will be, Pretty much close to full time guys as well. But uh Pittman is still, you know, he could be the air yards guy. He could be, he could be the leading target, the leading route runner. So uh and Seattle, you know, I know they got Aquilio Witherspoon, but there's still some questions about that cornerback group in Seattle. And this could be one where Seattle, unlike most teams who face Indianapolis, Seattle's actually capable of running up the score on this defense. So uh I'm interested in Pittman, even though I'm right on Right on his prop, I, I think that's a good line by Prize Picks. But uh, uh, what, what who do you like for DFS in this one?
1: So my cheat code, I mentioned him is Zach Pascal, and he's <laughs> one of those guys nobody wants to play him. Like this isn't even like Tyler Conklin hate. Nobody loves playing Zach Pascal. He's one of those guys that's always annoyingly productive. Um, I mean, he led the team in receiving yards in 2019, um, and then he was second in receiving yards last year. It's like they they never want him to be a top two <laughs> wide out, but it always turns out to be that way. So like you said, he, he should be a full-time player as long as T Y Hilton's out. Um, he, he always has not buying the Mike Strachan, Michael straight. I do. Thinking. Well, yeah, I watched every preseason game. I think he does have some sneaky upside, maybe not week one, but I think Pascal, like he, he always has that sneaky touchdown upside. He's the guy in DFS where you can get a basically men price across the industry. Um, and you know, he's going to be rostered on so few teams that I think he does have that upside you look for.
0: Um, that's why he's my cheat code for this matchup. All right, let's go chargers at Washington. The chargers are one point road favorites to total 44 and a half tough matchup though for Justin Herbert, uh, coming off that rookie of the year performance, his passing uh, line at Prize Picks is 274 and a half passing yards. You going over or under, Sean?
1: I love this under, love, love, love the under. I'm closer to 260, and even that, I can make a case why he might go under that. Um, the, you know, this Washington defense is no joke. Um, Herbert could start off a bit rusty. I mean, he didn't play at all in the preseason. This is his first game um, under this new offensive uh, coordinator Joe Lombardi's scheme. So, you know, it might take a couple of times. I, you know, I think Herbert's going to have a fantastic season, but it might take a couple games to sort of gel with the offense. Same thing with the offensive line. The offensive line should be much, much better. But, you know, a lot of new pieces. It could take a couple of games to gel. Uh, This Washington defensive front is not the first game you like to see on your schedule. So I think that he gets off to a slow start. Love the under. um, And, you know, with all of these negative things, he's still my quarterback 12. I think that's a good sign for a season-long prospects that he's still QB 12. But um, he's one of those guys where he's sort of on the fringe
0: start this week just because of how brutal this matchup is. Where, where do you have him right now? I have him at QB 13. So I'm right there, yeah. but I'm 253 for the passing yardage. And, Whew, you know, yeah. one of those things where uh, I said this, you know, in our season-long pods, but we might look, at, look back at like did we really draft Justin Herbert well ahead of Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and and Jalen Hurts? And if you drafted Herbert at, at that QB seven, uh, you know, it's not it probably is going to be a little ugly in week one because you're going to you're going to have Tom Brady going against Dallas. You're going to have Rodgers against New Orleans and you're going to have. Uh, who is it? Damon in Hurts that, in that matchup against the Falcons, so Ooh, wow. uh, not wouldn't be surprised if that starts out a little rough. Still, still do expect a great season for for Herbert, but uh, Washington front is nothing to play with that front seven, and I think they'll be decent on the back end. Uh, I, I know they're going to change some things up scheme wise, play a little more man uh, to kind of you know maximize that the value of that front even more so. Uh, I'm interested in this Washington team and what they're going to be doing, but I don't think this is a matchup that you want to play around with, uh, with your quarterback, like definitely would look to find a a better option than Herbert this week Uh, for DFS. I like Antonio Gibson. He's in that mid range pricing uh, tier, you know, not, not too much. And uh, we expect a big year from him. I know we like Jarrett Patterson as kind of that, that number three back there, but uh, we were hearing their whispers, you know, maybe they'll try to turn Gibson into McCaffrey. Maybe he gets a few more passing down snaps, uh, but either way, I think he's too cheap in DFS at home in week one. I don't, I don't know that the chargers should really be a favorite on the road here. So uh, Gibson's kind of like, a, I'm, I treat him kind of like a home favorite back in this spot.
1: Yeah. I love that call. And, you know, I do think just his ceiling is through the roof because, you know, we we saw him limited when it comes to, you know, passing down work last year, but he's a former receiver. So we know he can handle that. The question is, can he handle 20 plus touches a game? Um, Obviously that'd be the only concern with him, but love attacking him early on. So love that cheat code. I'm going a little bit off the map with my cheat code. Um, I'm going with Josh Palmer and we got to see Josh Palmer score a touchdown in a meaningless preseason game. But I think that he's ready to step in and sort of be, you know, the true number three wide receiver for the chargers They didn't really have that last year with Jalen Guyton. You know, he still ran a route over 80% of the time every week. He just did nothing um, with his usage. (laughs) So I think Josh Palmer, he's a fourth-round pick out of Tennessee. I think he's way more talented than you know Jalen Guyton is. Um, You know, I I think Jared Cook's going to be very good at tight end, but he's not going to command the same target share that, say, Hunter Henry did. So I think there are targets for Palmer um, out of the gate. Um, am I taking him a couple of games to really break out this? Like we've said, this is a tough matchup, but these rookie receivers, I kind of want to get in early. So I'm going to have a few Josh Palmer lineups sprinkled um, throughout my builds. Um, I'm not going all in this week, but just put him on your radar. I think he's going to break out this year.
0: I just, I hope you're ready to go. Like uh, you know, all or nothing next week. When like you're going in on all these rookies, and I I know I, in the past I remember you saying like, ah, oh, I was like a week too early, and so like you <laughs> better be ready to go right back in on this guys after, even if they like goose egg.
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, I, if they goose egg, I will absolutely be on him again <laughs> next week. Uh, all
0: right, uh, let's go to Jets at Panthers, and this is the revenge game. For Sam Darnold, you have the Panthers five point favorites, the total at 45. Uh, I'm going to start with another former Jet in his spot, Robbie Anderson, over under 63 and a half receiving yards at prize pick.
1: I can never go against Robbie Anderson, but I am under this number. So it's a pass for me. I have him closer to 60 yards, which is actually pretty high because with that projection, he's my wide receiver 23. And DJ Moore's my wide receiver 21. So I've always said that, you know, the, the ADP gap between these receivers is probably too big. I consider these guys almost identical um, when it comes to, you know, fantasy projections. So I'm high on Robbie Anderson this week. This is a double revenge game for he and Sam Darnold. Um, you know, they already have that chemistry. This is a good, good matchup for the, the Panthers passing offense. You know, this Jets secondary is really rough on paper. Um, I'm not a huge believer in Sam Darnold, but if there were ever a week to play him, it'd be this week. Um, so I, I, I do like Robbie Anderson this week. Th- this line is very high. I wish I can go over, but th- this is a pass for me.
0: Yeah. Uh, I have it. Yeah. I have it at like 55. So, and that's probably cause I'm a little more down on Darnold, but, and also cause the Panthers are our favorite, you know, like they they may yeah. not need to throw it around the yard. Uh, you know, I do, I, I do have Anderson as well. I have Morris 21, but Anderson is 33. So I have a little more separation uh, between the two guys here. And um, yeah, I think, I think the Jets secondary is really weak. It's just how much do, do the Panthers need to throw it around in week one? That's mm-hmm. the only thing we don't know. Uh, it's a pretty much a low total game. Christian McCaffrey's back. So, uh, although the Jets, you know, they've, I mean, their defensive line has been getting decimated, but they have been decent in run defense in years past. It's just, Uh, There's a lot going on here at Carolina. So uh, 55 for me. So I am under the number, although the matchup is good, but that that's the thing when you're betting props, you know, a lot of times people look at these numbers and they're like, Oh yeah, you know, good matchup, definitely going to bang the over, but that's, that's accounted for in, in the number. Right. So uh, 63 and a half. Yeah. That that is really high even for a guy that uh, I think we do like the matchup. Uh, Would you, before you get into the DFS, Cheat codes. Would you stream Sam Donald this week?
1: I think I would, and I'm writing my streamers article after this, and he might be my streamer, um, which goes to show how brutal Week One is for streamers. <laughs> but you know, he's he's the highest ranked guy that I have that's um, rostered on fewer than 50 percent of teams. But I do like this matchup, ranked? huh? 17.
0: Uh, I have him 23. So
1: yeah, yeah. So again, it's it's <laughs> not a good week for streamers. Um, Usually that's the case uh, to begin the season for streamers. We just hope we end up on a Justin Herbert or Jalen Hurts at some point. Um, But, you know, this secondary is a disaster. I mean, we don't really know who's lining up across from Bryce Hall. They have a fifth-round rookie, sixth-round rookie, and an undrafted rookie that could potentially start outside and in the slot. Um, So this is a really good matchup. If Sam Darnold can't put up QB2 numbers in this matchup, then – You know, all bets are off on him. So I'm just saying that this—if there were ever a matchup to play Sam Darnold, it's this week. But you know, how can you ever feel confident streaming Sam Darnold? But I I happen to think that out of all the options, out of all the crappy options right now, Sam Darnold's probably one of the better ones.
0: You wouldn't rather stream like a Jimmy G, like against Um, Detroit? We'll
1: have to see what happens with Trey Lance. Um, If Trey Lance ends up missing because of his finger. Uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Trey Lance has a goal line package or something, you know, gets a couple snaps, you know, I'm, I'm considering Jimmy G a high floor play. Um, but I, I think, well, we're, we're talking about these streaming quarterbacks. I don't think you could go wrong with any of these guys really, but none of them really stick out as a great play again, week one streaming. I'm telling you, it's a disaster this week. It's, there's no like slam dunk play like there usually is. So You can't go wrong with any of these guys sort of in this QB 20 range.
0: Would you play Darnold over Herbert? No, right? Hell no. No. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, even though. I happened within like five spots.
1: (laughs) Well, even though (laughs) Herbert has all these negative things, he's still my quarterback 12. Okay. So if, you know, Herbert happened to be like QB 18, just under Darnold, I would still say play Herbert. Like you still want to trust the better quarterback when
0: it's close like that. Uh, DFS I like Corey Davis I think he'll be the lead route runner lead air yard accruer for this Jets team under Zach Wilson who I kind of already trust more than Sam Darnold in a a sense but I I do think you know the Jets will be playing you know from behind in this one a little bit so uh, Jamison Crowder banged up Corey Davis puts Corey Davis in a good spot Uh, and I know I think you probably like Elijah Moore as well right
1: yeah, I was going to have you guess which rookie wide receiver um, is my cheat code because we have Terrence Marshall, who I'm high on. But the cat is out of the bag on him um, because, he, you know, he scored a bunch of touchdowns in preseason. But Elijah Moore is my cheat code this week. Um, and a big part of that is, you know, honestly, we didn't see him play in the preseason. So I don't think people are really bullish on him quite yet. Um, people tend to need to see him in action or need to see rookies in action before they – Um, buy in. And that's why I want to buy in early on him. Jamison Crowder's banged up. So he might be limited this week. That's one of the things that has been holding Elijah Moore back in my season long projections is Jamison Crowder. Um, So I think Moore's going to hit hit the ground running this week. Um, And, you know, last year when it came to like Justin Jefferson and Chase Claypool, those are two wide receivers. I was a bit early on. um, And I was taking their over under like there's, you know, their weekly, player prop was like 18 and a half yards for each one the week where they just went off. So I was able to get them. So like Elijah Moore is in that camp. I think last year, Justin Jefferson, Chase Claypool, I'm super high on him. So that's why I want to take him week one. Whereas Terrence Marshall, we've talked about this. He probably does need an injury to say DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson to really have fancy value. Whereas Elijah Moore, I don't really see much stopping him out of the gate. Um, so he's a guy I want, I'm all in on for week one as my cheat code.
0: Yeah. And he's been playing some outside at, at, in camp too. So even though, you know, he's projects more as a slot guy, I think he's one of their three best receivers. So he he'll, he'll be on the field a ton this year. I think let's go to Jacksonville, Houston, the Jaguars are favored on the road against the Texans by three points, the total 45 and Jacksonville has three receivers that should get uh, quite a bit of action. Uh, now I know Marvin Jones is banged up, but his prop is 54 and a half receiving yards uh, at prize picks. Uh, are you over or under? I'm I'm in line with this. I am at 53,
1: um, but th- there's just so much uncertainty with these three receivers that I'd probably lean under. Um, he probably has a lower floor than we realize. I think the the sure thing out of this trio of receivers is LaVisca Chenault. Um, I think he's, he's the lock to see, you know, seven plus targets potentially, uh, whereas Marvin Jones, he he might be a little bit more inconsistent. Um, but he he is sort of the veteran of this trio. And I think Trevor Lawrence has leaned on him. He tends watching these preseason games, he tends to be in the right place at the right time. And Trevor Lawrence knows that. So um he's been one of Trevor Lawrence's favorite targets at times. So, you know, I think Marvin Jones is a great play long term for season long. Like he's a good, he's a guy I like to have on my bench, but uh for week one, I'm probably under on this due to the uncertainty.
0: Yeah, I have Jones at fifty-four, so I'm actually right there <laughs> in line. line. Yeah, it's a good, it's yeah. a good line. Uh, but uh, he's my wide receiver thirty-nine. So if you're in a three, a twelve-team league, uh, I could see starting him in a flex. But uh, he's kind of on that fringe. Like I wouldn't start him as a wide receiver three, even with the uh, with the good matchup this week. So. I think he, you know, just like you said, uncertainty there. Uh, For DFS, uh, I like James Robinson as a mid-range guy, you know, top eight running back for me this week. And uh, I believe most DFS pricing came out when Robinson uh, was still presumed to be sharing the backfield with Travis Etienne, who, of course, got injured in the preseason and down for the year, unfortunately. Uh, How about you? What do you like in DFS, Jacksonville? Uh,
1: So. James Robinson, great call. I have him RB6 this week. Where do you have him?
0: I have James, Ra. I think, seven. So, seven. Yeah, so yeah, he's
1: top eight. absolutely <laughs> the cheat code in this matchup. I concur. However, and I promise this is my last one, I'm going with a rookie wide receiver, <laughs> Nico Collins, baby. And he's a guy wait, wait, that... Wait,
0: wait, before we go into this, did you see <laughs> that Anthony Miller practiced? He did practice. Okay. Just
1: he they might take it easy with him because that yeah. was a separated shoulder. So I don't, I don't, I don't know if he bad. can take contact. Yeah, I don't think. About I don't that. think it matters um, in this situation because Nico Collins is a guy I thought I might try to start the hype train on by like week eight, week nine. But then they trade away Randall Cobb, um, and then they cut Kiki Q T, and then the guy they traded for Anthony Miller separated his shoulder. Now he might play this week again. It might he might be limited, but either way, I think. Nico Collins is going to see what over eighty percent of the routes run uh, this week out of the gate. So I think we need to get on Nico Collins before the hype train leaves the station. Um, again, don't put him in all your lineups, but sprinkle him in a couple of your lamps this week. He's one of those, you know, he's six foot four. He's a big body receiver, a potential great deep uh, downfield threat. He's sort of like the Chase Claypool kind of guy this season. Um, I think he has that kind of upside. Unfortunately, Tyrod Taylor won't really unlock his true ceiling this year, but he's a guy I definitely want to have some shares of this week. What are your okay. thoughts on Nico well, Collins for?
0: Um, I need you to help me project yeah. these routes because, like, I don't know what to do. So oh, like, I have yes. so I have Cooks ninety two and a half percent, ninety. Like me, I, I do it in two point five increments. Uh, Collins seventy five, Conwy seventy five, Miller twenty five, Roberts five. Like, is that like, where do you have these guys? Cause like, I have no idea where to put anyone behind cooks. I'm similar. Um, so I have,
1: yeah, cooks around 90, 95%. -hmm. Um, Nico Collins and Chris Connolly, that that's kind of the interesting, um, part of this where I I don't know how those are going to divvy up. So I think anywhere between 65 and 75.
0: Okay. I have
1: guys, um, I think Anthony Miller, I think twenty five percent sounds about right. That could be
0: zero. For yeah, right. that's why. But so like, if he's out though, that would increase Collins and Conley because Cooks can't really go any exactly. higher. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Is <laughs> and Conley, I mean, he doesn't really get
1: targeted. Most I am of the time. forcing the issue with Nico Collins because I'm assuming Anthony Miller. You know, he'll probably sit this week. Again, it's a separate shoulder, so it seems like that's um, you know likely for an in game aggravation. There's no reason to to force him. And Andre Roberts is more of a special teams guy. Um, and he's banged up. I, I don't think you could put him for over 5%. Yeah. Right? I mean, I'm just, so, I'm just
0: putting him as like five. Cause I know he'll be active. I, and like, if somebody exactly. gets hurt, he's got to. That's, that's, that's his
1: ceiling though. But either way, I think Nico Collins could see 80% very easily Yeah. Um, this week. Chris Conley could rain on that Nico Collins parade, but either way uh, you know, I, I don't think enough people are going to have Collins this week. So that's, that's why I'm bullish on him.
0: All right, let's go to Cleveland at KC. Uh, This is an interesting one for fantasy purposes because you have a high total, 53. You have the Chiefs favored by six. Of course, it was a low-scoring game in the postseason last year. Hold on, let me bring up the score. Of course, it was a 22-17 low-scoring game. Patrick Mahomes was banged up in the postseason matchup between these two last year. Uh, But, you know, a lot of times when you look at – you're looking for a streamer, you look at these high total games against a team that you know is gonna force the other team to throw. Now, I know KC is historically at a bad run D, but you figure at some point Baker Mayfield is gonna have to air it out. 251 and a half is his passing yard line at prize picks. Uh, are you over or under?
1: I think this game script uh favors the over here. Uh I think it should be closer to the two fifty-five, two sixty range. Um, I think you know, Baker's gonna be forced to throw to keep up with Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. I I think we saw at the end of last year, you know, Baker was pretty comfortable airing, you know, airing it out. I think it probably took him half the season to kind of get familiar with Kevin Stefanski's um, new scheme. Um, Odell Beckham is back. I know people like to say that Baker was worse with Odell Beckham, but um, I'm fading that noise. I think, you know, he's going to hit the ground running with Odell Landry, um, you know, all three tight ends could see the field. So I think this will be a more pass heavy Game plan that we're used to seeing with the Browns, so I do like the over here.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm at like 264, so yeah, I'm I'm nice. I'm over by a, a, quite a, a bit there. Well, I mean, for quarterbacks, it's, it doesn't it's never a lot, you know. There's there's more yeah. of a, uh, kind of a, a spread there, so it's like about a pass pass attempt and a half uh, that I'm over. But uh, for DFS, I mean, Travis Kelsey, yeah, it's hard not to like him. He's just in such another tier. Than all the other tight ends, even though he's the most expensive, uh, I think there's less worry. You know, he gets his, you know, regardless of the game script, whereas San Francisco, you know, Kittle, uh, you do get a discount there, but uh, you just worry about them running so much. Whereas, you know, we know KC's going to throw it. Uh, What about you? What what are you doing for DFS here?
1: Well, I I can't really compete with the Kelsey cheat code there.
0: (laughs) Um, My guy is very contrarian.
1: I think he has a ton of upside. Not enough people will have him this week, and that's the best backup running back in the NFL, Cream Hunt. I think this matchup, if there were ever a game script for Cream Hunt, it could be this one. Um, we already talked about it where, you know, the Browns will probably have to throw more, probably trailing most of the time. Um, so I think, you know, it does set it up for a Kareem Hunt game. And he's the kind of running back where, honestly, he doesn't need to see that many touches to hit his ceiling um, we've seen him in the past, um, you know, put up big scores of just, you know, about 12 touches. So this is a game where I think everybody's going to be loading up on Chiefs players, um, the Browns passing attack. Nick Chubb, you know, I'm the biggest Nick Chubb fan in the world. Um, but I think that this this does set up better for Kareem Hunt. I don't think he's going to be owned enough in this game. Um, and as always, I think he always has that massive upside that we're looking for in GPPs.
0: Yeah, and it's a revenge game. Poor Kareem hunt yep uh both of them were somewhat quiet in the postseason matchup uh, that's why I ended up going Kelsey but yeah I think Hunt will be the guy that's lower you know lower rostered because uh, Chubb I think everyone kind of knows that Casey invites the run so I think Chubb will get his uh, in terms of rostership uh, let's go to Miami at New England the New England Patriots in game one of the Mac Jones era, the rookie quarterback wins the job from Cam Newton, who was released. The Patriots are three-point favorites in Foxboro against the Dolphins. The total is 43. We saw a pretty low-scoring game in week one with this matchup last year. Of course, it was Ryan Fitzpatrick and Cam Newton. So uh, but I still think we're gonna see running games on both sides. Damian Harris, 63 and a half, is his rushing line at prize picks. You're over and under that. Oh yeah. Let me say that again. Are you over or under that?
1: I am over that. uh, Barely, but I I do like everything that, you know, contributes an over environment for this prop. So I have at 66 yards. um, But you know, they trade away Sony Michelle huge for uh, Damian Harris and then naming Mac Jones, the week one starter that was huge for his stock. Um, So I'm bullish on Harris going into the season. They're a slight home favorite. They have one of the best O-lines in the game. Um, so this is a perfect spot, perfect game script for Harris. So I think his ceiling is much, much higher. Um, so I'm leaning the over here. And, you know, Ramondre Stevenson is a guy that may eat into, you know, his running share later in the season. But I think early on they're they're going to lean on Harris even more. Um, so even though I'm projecting just a couple yards higher, I, I do love the over here.
0: Yeah, I'm uh, just under 15 carries for 66 yards. So. Uh, I'm over two. I think this could be uh, just a great situation for everyone involved in the Patriots because you're going to get the running backs more usage uh, around the goal line. Cam Newton was getting, you know, 40% plus of the the red zone carries last year. So, uh, and also you're going to have less scrambling. You're going to have a more accurate pass. So I think it helps the pass catchers as well. But uh, in week one, I do like Harris and uh, for DFS, uh, I will throw out, Somebody here, I'll finally go with a rookie. Yeah, Uh, there you go. We did Damon Waddles is is pretty cheap. And remember, Will Fuller is missing week one, so we could be getting a 90% snap guy in Waddle now. You know, remains to be seen what role Albert Wilson has, what role uh, Preston Williams, is he going to play? Is is he, like, he he feels like he's never healthy. Uh, I think think he's he's, supposed to play, but not much. Right. So, you know, remains to be seen exactly what the roles will be for some of these other receivers. But the way I'm looking at it is Devonte Parker and Jalen Waddle are their top two as, as long as Will Fuller's out. And he's out in week one finishing up that suspension. So I uh, do like Waddle. How about you?
1: First off, I'm very proud of you for <laughs> doing a rookie receiver. And I can't believe I let you potentially <laughs> take the most talented one out of this entire class. Love that call. And, you know, we were talking I think it was the uh the final rankings podcast about like one of these dolphins receivers is probably undervalued because their ADP all of them are yeah. outside of the top 40 and the reason is because any given week we don't really know which one's going to step up. You kind of need one of these guys to miss time for them to step up. Well, you know Will Fuller's out week 1. So, you know Parker and Waddle, it's it's their time to shine. Love the Waddle call. I'm letting you take the rookie for this one. Um, I'm, I'm going the boring route. I'm sticking with Damian Harris here again. I, I love all the reasons, um, for him to go over his rushing total. Um, I, I think he is thinking in um, uh, because yes, he's limited when it comes to receiving work. I, I can't really project them more than one catch for this game, but I think he does have, you know, two touchdown, um, upside in this matchup, especially since Cam Newton's gone, you know, um, he is now potentially the goal line back. And again, they, they trade away Stoney Michelle, another guy that would have siphoned away a goal line carry here or there. Rex Burkhead, another guy that probably would have siphoned away a goal line carry here or there. So, Damian Harris, I think, you know, he's not locked for two touchdowns, but he does have that upside that you're looking for in GBPs, um, where I think he is a cheat code this week. Just based on the game script,
0: everything going in, uh, this is a
1: Damian Harris game for me.
0: Yeah, he's one of the, you know, select few backs that I have projected over half a rushing touchdown. I have him at 0. 0.54 uh, nice. for this one. So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty rare that a guy, you know, especially aside from like a Derrick Henry and a Dalvin Cook. You know, you, yep. it's hard to get uh, above that per game um, just on a weekly basis. So Harris is in a good spot. Uh, let's go to Green Bay, New Orleans. The Packers are four-and-a-half-point favorites. Of course, this game is being played in Jacksonville, not the Superdome. So the total still is 50. And I'm going to start it with a Marquez Callaway prop, 52-and-a-half receiving yards. Oh, five, man, this six. is
1: this is a tough one. I, I'm at 57, but I would say the median is probably closer to 52. Um, uh, do we know if he's facing JR Alexander like I'm assuming he is? So this this could be a very tough matchup for him, and I know everybody um, was targeting him in season-long drafts. I, th- I thought he was a good late-round value, but um, he's my wide receiver 39 this week. So, you know, unless, you know, you're really weak at receiver, I, I don't know if he's a play this week um, just because I think that he will – I don't know who else Alexander would need to pay attention to. Um, so the matchup does scare me away here. Um, and the, the prop, the prop is about right. Um, but where, where do you have them projected?
0: I'm have them at 28. So I actually have them at, uh, Wait 20. Why are you 28? Tw- yeah. Not 20 I have them at, Holy shit. I'm oh. at 62. Yeah. So I'm at oh, okay. 62. Yeah. Um, and I'm actually made, that's a good point on Alexander. Uh, early in the week, I try not, especially in week one, I, try, I, I don't usually like make crazy adjustments for matchups, but, uh, I may lower him a couple ticks. I still think he's startable uh, and playable. I mean that's just too he's too cheap in DFS uh, at nearly min price for a guy that mm-hmm. should weed his team in routes and air yards, you know even in a tough matchup. So uh, like it's it's tough for me to say fade him. I think if you have him, I think you do play him in, in week one and yeah. You know, I mean, at the end of it, it's because it's James Winston, right? It's, that's, you know, he'll give him some shots. Like, it's not that's, like it's, that's what I'm saying is, it's not, it it's matter? not, it's not Drew. Well, yeah, because I think like, Drew Brees would about? never target. I think Drew Brees will be smart. And like, you yeah. know, if it's if it's like, okay, unproven second year guy against good cornerback. Yeah, let's, let's go somewhere else. But this is James Winston. So I'm not as concerned. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm all in on Cali. That's my DFS well, guy. How about you? Well, that
1: that was the point I was going to make. Like the matchup's tough, but who who the hell cares if Jameis throws a couple picks to Alexander? If you have Callaway, it doesn't matter, right? He'll still force the issue. Yeah. Um. But he's still he's still on that fringe, you know, wide receiver thirty six, where I think he has a sit start call this week. It's a it's a tough call. Um. But my my cheat code for this matchup, um, if Adam Troutman doesn't suit up this week, is Juwan <laughs> oh, Johnson. I oh, think if, if there were a time to play him. It'd be this week. Um, I mean, I believe he's mid price across industry, but um, you know, he's converting over from wide receiver to tight end. Um, honestly, they don't really have anybody else right now. Um, Nick Vanette's on IR. Adam Troutman, who I mentioned, is banged up. I don't know if he's gonna play this week. So he could end up being Jameis Winston's number three target this week. So that's that's worth a flyer in at least a few lineups. Um, I, I do think he has upside. And again, it's it's as long as Troutman is out, I think. Uh, Jawan Johnson has a pretty high ceiling.
0: Yeah. I like Jawan Johnson. Um, I think, you know, I mean, the hype has gotten a little crazy with him, uh, you know, with like, I've seen, I think we saw him go shouts to our guy, Raheem Palmer, but where, where did he go? Like round 10 in our, in our action week, like, right
1: after it took uh, Dallas Goddard.
0: Yeah. And I'm down on Goddard, but I still take Goddard. Um, but, you know, I, I, see the appeal here. I mean, somebody has got to fill, uh somebody's going to get targeted. In New Orleans, and you know the the report out of camp was that Johnson was inheriting that Jared Cook role, and that's really one of the reasons why I was down on Troutman too. It's he's not a real high target per route run guy as it is, and then if he's not going to be that main receiving tight end, which there's a chance. Like I didn't really see the point on on Troutman. He was in the top 150 uh, at, at times in certain ADPs, but um, yeah, I think Trout uh, Johnson is an interesting one. I mean, one of those two you one of those two guys should hit in week one yeah. you know if both don't hit one of the two should hit week and i'm i i'm still like monitoring Deontay
1: harris i think he's a sneaky candidate to get like eight eight targets or so you know he's a low a dot yeah. high volume guy i'm not sure he fits Jameis winston's playing style but he's a guy to keep an eye on um as long as michael thomas is out of the lineup anyway and if Callaway starts getting you know the top cornerback Deontay harris could be a high target kind of guy
0: yeah. all right let's uh let's go fast through these last you okay. uh denver at new york the broncos are three-point favorites a total 42 and a half one of the lowest of the week uh no offense kind of on that fringe at tight end right along with goddard 43 and a half receiving yards is the wine at prize pick sean you're going over under
1: i'm going under here uh fan could be limited this week so we could see albert Ukuwe way to that 10 times fast um <laughs> have an increased role this week and i think he is really talented so th- this could be more of a tight end share this week. So, you know, there's too many targets uh, or too many weapons in this offense to really love the over on any of these guys, but I especially love the under on fan just because he could be limited.
0: Yeah. And uh, I, I like it too. And for DFS, I'm going another rookie. I'll go with a rookie Javante Williams. Uh, he is mid price or close to it. And I, I think this is another Arizona situation. I don't think you're going to see a third back because they let Royce Friedman go. So uh, they're envisioning that kind of Lindsey Gordon split, even with Williams. But I actually think they like Williams in the past game. So uh, I could see Williams having a a big role and and even coming close to Gordon right off the bat in week one. So going Williams, uh, how about you? I'm going Sterling Shepard here. He's like the only healthy Giants (laughs) player. Uh,
1: So, you know, Galladay, Slayton, Tony, Ingram, Rudolph, Barkley, they're all dealing with injuries. They're probably all going to be limited if they do play. So Shepard, I think, should lead the uh, team in targets this week. Uh, he's a bit pricey, and it's a tough matchup. But I think he'll be um, he, he won't be rostered on enough teams this week. So I think he's a good contrarian play.
0: Yeah, you think I bet for like five catches. It's just can he yeah. get in the end zone? I, I think is is the question with Probably him. Not, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's uh, last two last two here. The Sunday night game is Chicago at the Rams. The Rams are seven and a half point favorites. The total is 45 and a half. We saw the bears really struggle to score against the Rams in this matchup. I don't have any props up at prize picks for this game yet. So throw out a prop uh, that you think is key for this one, Chicago at the Rams. So
1: Alan Robinson, total receiving yards um, going against Jalen Ramsey. Uh, where do you have him? I have his over-under at 60 and a half.
0: So I have him as the wide receiver twenty four. Uh his I have his wide his I still have his receiving yards at uh what you said 59 and a half? 60 and a half. Oh yeah, I have I have i Some over by I guess like half a catch or something like that. Um, but I do have a wide receiver 24 and a half PPR. So I'm not too high on him as uh, compared to where he was going in, in season long, but yeah, he's like a fringe wide receiver too, for me this week. Uh, Where do you have him ranked? Yeah. uh, Wide receiver 24. And just for clarity,
1: I have his projection at 64. Uh, I docked about four yards, you know, to be closer to his median. And it is a tough matchup that I'm curious to see where price picks sets this, but um, it's it's tough to feel comfortable either way. This will be the lowest Allen Robinson has ranked all year long, right? Like 24?
0: I mean, unless things go disastrously <laughs> wrong in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> or Darnell Mooney really makes that leap a lot quicker than we think and like overtakes yeah, him somehow, leap. which I mean, I doubt that would ever happen, but um, yeah. yeah. But he's
1: still, he's still startable. I mean, wide receiver 24 is low, but you, you probably don't have other options over him. But yeah, don't expect much from Allen Robinson this week.
0: Okay, uh, who are you looking at in DFS
1: uh, in this Rams-Bears one game? Matthew Stafford for me. Um, You know, they bubble-wrapped him um, in preseason, didn't play at all. So I think, you know, we, we haven't really seen how good this Rams offense could be under him. But, you know, it's possible we see them be much closer to what we saw in 2018. You know, this is absolutely lethal passing attack. So I kind of want to get in on Stafford early. Uh, it does, you know, it is a tough matchup on paper and reality, but um, if, if anything, the bears are weak at corner. So I think the Rams could exploit this matchup. Um, Sean McVay is going to unleash Matthew Stafford. So I kind of want to get him, um before everybody catches up to just how good this offense could be this year.
0: Yeah. And I'm going kind of in the same, with the same mindset, bears weak at corner Things we haven't seen in a while. Deshaun Jackson should be healthy this week. He might not be healthy much longer. <laughs> so it gotta yeah. gotta be Deshaun for me. Uh, we could see a deep bomb <laughs> from uh, from Deshaun. This He'll week be the wide receiver
1: season. six after
0: two games, and unfortunately, yeah, you know, this is this is hurt. the time you want to play Deshaun ja- Jackson. Like you know, if you if, if you need a dart throw and season long, or you need yeah. you know DFS low low rostered low price guy. Sean Jackson is it. He's it, man. All right, let's go uh, to the last game. Monday night, Baltimore at Vegas, Baltimore, four and a half point favorite in that one. And the total 51 and a half. So on the higher end uh, and also early in the week. So no props for this one, but I'm curious, uh, where do you have Gus Edwards? Give me Gus Edwards rushing prop. Oh man. So I, I have it at 72
1: and a half. And this is assuming they don't sign like a, I don't know, Le'Veon Bell or somebody. I think either way, they probably won't even be active this week. Um, So I don't know if I should have a caveat where there should only be two running backs active this week, but right
0: now I have it 72 and a half. I'm at, I'm still under, so I'm at 66, uh, but he's still my RB nine. (laughs) So yeah. Damn. He's one of those guys that I think you're starting this week. No questions against Vegas. Um, uh, I do have him at 66. So you must have a massive touchdown projection for him. Yeah, 0.55. Yep.
1: Yeah. So a little bit lower than that, but yeah, not not a bad number because yeah, like he's going to be the goal line back. So
0: yeah, and they you know they like him uh, in Baltimore. Like this is a guy who I think everyone there should be no question about, you know, should I, should I start him? I know he was kind of a weight, late, late riser in drafts after JK Dobbins went down, but um, he's a guy that started before and he's averaged 69 yards per start, you know? So, um, you know, that number that you threw out with the, the 70, whatever it's this right in line, you know, I have him 66, you have him 72. That's, that's right in line with that 69 that he's averaged per start uh, on around 14 carries. So, Uh, This is, and and this is Vegas. We don't expect the defense, the the defense to be great. So uh, yeah, this is a smash spot for Gus Edwards. Uh, I don't know how else to put it Um, for DFS. I I think, yeah, I'll I'll let you throw out uh, the the DFS guy. I think think, I'm on the same page.
1: I think they're the same guy, but it's uh, Tyson Williams. You know, I, I think now that justice Hill is out for the season. I think the cat's out of the bag with Tyson Williams. I think he's going to be uh, rostered by way more people now, Uh, but I loved him before uh, the justice Hill injury. And again, it remains to be seen if they add somebody before we went, I think either way, whoever they add might not even be active. So love Tyson this week, the coaching staff believes in him. I think he's part of the reason why they didn't really add, add anybody after JK Dobbins went down. You know, they, they believed in Gus Edwards. Like you mentioned, the coaching staff loves him but i think they also it was an endorsement for tyson williams. Um, so now that justice hill is out i think unfortunately they have to add somebody. um but i think he is the number 2 back and the gap between him and gus edwards might not be as big as people think. so in you know season long leagues make sure he's not available. um he should you know he's the direct handcuff. potentially he could take over gus edwards at some point we don't know. Um, but i'm a big believer in him uh, going into the season.
0: Yeah. There was talk at a camp that Williams might've created a little role for himself, you know, even if Dobbins was healthy, you know, maybe as that third back over justice Hill anyway. So yeah, uh, yeah it's, it's, it's a smash spot for Edwards. who is essentially what you would, you know, wherever you would have had Dobbins Edwards is in that spot. And then Edwards, you know, he was kind of a fringe flex guy and that's where Williams is now. And again, good matchup against the Raiders, uh, you know, start your Ravens this week. I think uh, should be, a should be a good one. Uh, for them offensively i know gus bradway's there in, in vegas and they they signed kj right and, and did some things but that defense has been you know bottom bottom of the week 20th or worse uh since 07 so uh we'll see if the raiders can turn it around but i wouldn't bet on it in week one uh that is that's gonna do it man that was a that was a wow that was a pod man Week one, yeah, feels good. Hope you guys enjoy the fantasy flex presented by Prize Picks. Uh, you can listen to the feed all week long. We have five episodes per week uh, coming to you for you know from here on out for the regular season. Uh, you can follow Sean on Twitter at the underscore odds maker. You can find me at Chris Raybon, and you can find us both at those same handles in the award-winning Action Network app. Be sure to. Uh, subscribe to the feed, leave us a rating and review uh, on the fantasy flex feed. It really helps us out. We move to the new feed so we can start uh, giving you guys more episodes every week. So I hope you guys enjoy them and good luck this weekend. Uh, we'll be back a little later in the week with our a whole episode dedicated to player props. So uh, be sure to tune in for that. And until next time, let's get this money.